You're listening to the Zenio Dadcast. Everybody, welcome back. This is Mo. Hey, how's it going, guys? Devin, Devin's here. So, so on this episode, uh, we do want to talk about a, a little bit about pop culture, some stuff that we we need to catch up on. The band to dig out is a New England band called Barefoot Truth. Barefoot Truth is a band that's been around for a long time, but they never they never reached any sort of mainstream success. But when I when I came across them, I thought they were going to be like the next. Dave Matthews Band or the next, you know, J- Jason Mraz, like that kind of singer-songwriter, but if you're not aware of them. So before we get started, I do want to spend one minute just acknowledging what has happened since we last spoke about the Ukraine, because when we last ta- spoke about it, uh, there wasn't a war. It was still, we were still on the brink of it. And in the last couple of weeks since we've spoken, the, uh, there's a war. Uh, there's you know, a war. R- Russia yeah. went in there. And started invading. U.S. and NATO forces are, are applying sanctions, and hopefully that'll turn the tide a little bit. But you know, I don't want to harp on it. I did want to mention though, I, I have a German friend here in La Paz, and we we got into this little bit of a conversation about it. And it's really tragic to see what regular families are going through right now in the Ukraine. And one of the points he made that I hadn't really thought about was that this isn't a new problem. You know, the conflict between Russia and the Ukraine, it's not new. It's at least 30 years old, 20 years old. Actually, no, it would be 30 years old since since the 1990s when, when the uh, Soviet Union fell. So, and there's been conflict and conflict after conflict and reasons, lots of reasons for the Russians to not want the Ukraine into NATO. Lots of reasons for us to want the Ukraine to be an independent country. And so it's a very complicated issue. It's not a new problem. It's had a couple of things happen in recent years that has led to where we are now. And, you know, on top of it being tragic, what I think is really unfortunate is that to someone like me, who uh, I guess peripherally I listen to the news, but I don't really listen to details and I don't really uh, dive into too much of it. And someone like you, Devin, who definitely doesn't listen to the news uh oh, you know sorry no no i'm not i'm not asking for an apology this is not about this is not about you know harping on anything uh that you've done wrong or that i've done wrong what's really tragic is what i'm saying is the these problems aren't new they're 30 years old uh and it's not really widely spoken of very regularly on mainstream media and there's a lot of misinformation out there there's a lot of uh, you know 24 news cycles most of it's meant to be entertainment. Most of it is one-sided news reporting. And it's very difficult for people like us to stay interested when you have so much noise in the news cycle. And it's tragic because it helps us become ambivalent and not care so much about the news. And when people don't care about what's going on, it's more likely to happen. It's more likely to escalate. It's more likely to go to go wrong. That's how I feel about it. And me not knowing enough about the Ukraine-Russia conflict uh, is part of the reason why 
so much of us, so many of us end up being a little bit, what's the word? I don't want to say ignorant, but we're definitely passive to the things that are going on around us. And, and then, you know, when things go wrong and bombs start to fall and children start to being, you know, families start being displaced, children start being victims. It's very easy for us to go to social media and put up a Ukrainian flag on our Facebook and say, we stand with the Ukrainian people. But it's not about that. It's about us being aware of what's going on in the world and putting an effort in being better informed so that we can help these things not escalate over a 30-year period. And so I just wanted to say that. I wanted to get that off my chest because I definitely carry some of that some of that weight with me. And when I, when I realize something's happened and I realize I didn't know enough about it to have an opinion, I, you know, not only do I feel bad, not only do I, you know, like a human being, right? Not only do I feel terrible that it's happening to, to other people and I put myself in their shoes as a parent uh, living in a developing country, I also um, kind of guilt myself for not having been better informed about the problem to begin with. And so if you're listening, I'm not going to harp on that anymore, but there's a 30-year history. Please do some reading, watch some YouTube videos. Uh, I'll probably include some links in the description because there's some really great content out there that does lay out the history of what's been going on. And it might help us all sort of reconcile with our own, uh, I guess, willful ignorance. So that's that. For me, I mean, I lately after we spoke from the last podcast, yeah, things kind of just jumped up right away. It was just like a snap of your fingers. It just happened right after. Like it was crazy. Like once I did see the headline saying, you know, the you know, um, Russian invasion mm-hmm. has started or Russia invade has invaded Ukraine. Now these well, are just headlines I've just been seeing on Facebook and social media, not on the news. Cause, of course. Um, you know, the thing all, is, like, one, once it started, like, you couldn't escape it. You were going to see it. You know, once. You can't, yeah, because it was, it, it's it's everywhere in my job. Everyone's talking about it, yeah. you know, and you hear it, conversations from, from like, from other, you know, from, you know, from, from the back of your ear, you know, wherever you are, you're hearing about it. You're hearing, you're seeing it in the newspaper still. Um, you mostly see it on Instagram now, on stories saying people, you know, um, you know, you stand for Ukraine. People are just sharing a lot of, a lot of um, resources on Instagram. Same thing with Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. just to get the word out there. And I think of some people have already started like some GoFundMe rate, um, fundraisers to raise money and to help Ukraine, something like that. I've seen, yeah. I've seen a lot of a lot of posts like that over the past um, week since we since we last spoke. You know. Yeah, you know, and all all those things. Those are those are positive byproducts right people trying to help and people trying to do things that are positive but um you know it's all reactionary and i think that's part of that's part of our part of the problem of our culture is that we are a reactionary culture instead of a proactive culture Mm -hmm. and so by and large social media it's a it's a it's a positive tool for society but it gets misused. That's the best thing anyone can do, you know, uh, you know, for everyone that's here on our side, you know, and what we're, the only thing what we can do is just to be, remain positive, just send out positive feeds through the social network, using, using the media platform as 
our special weapon, you know, to fight back to help them, you know, in that sort of way. Obviously, none of us out, out there out here can like just jump on a plane, go to Ukraine and help them, you know, get some guns and just jump on the battlefield. And actually, some people are there. Are, there are some um, Ukraine, Ukrainian immigrants who are uh, leaving are the back. US. They're flying back to right, volunteer. Yeah. Flying back to be right. That's what, um, I, that's what I heard. You know, I, I guess I, without without getting too negative, I, I do feel like social media in recent years, in recent elections, has been used as a for, negative tool. as a negative tool as misinformation as you know and propaganda and um it's very tough to to steer through that noise so so i absolutely right. understand when people say i can't listen to the news it's too negative i can't you know i can't trust the sources i don't really you know yeah i, I understand why that is um and it, it, what it, the unfortunate result is that we end up as a as a people we end up not being really informed about these kinds of geopolitical conflicts. And as a result of it, an entire country, potentially an entire generation of Ukrainians are going to suffer for it. Their entire well, economy even, is going to crush. It's going to, it's going to crash. Right. It's going to suffer. Even, it's crazy. Like, you know, the, you know, there's, there's, there's a community in Russia that are against it and are saying, no, don't do this. Yeah. This is foolish. This is ridiculous. This is everyone wants peace. And it's very um it's, it's, very, it's crazy everyone's it's like they, like like once and for all like, it's like they're all getting like um betrayed yeah yeah and then and again like you know it's it's hard to to um be have an opinion about what's going on in russia anyway it's tough let's let's move on let's move on from this <laughs> and let's talk about yeah. people aren't listening <clears throat> for the news right so they're not listening to this for the news if they're listening at all what what, what i want to talk about today is some of the stuff that makes us happy and pop culture specifically uh you and i have been we've been watching the uh the book of boba fett right oh yeah yeah great, what else are you watching great series what else um, are you watching what show did i just finished watching actually i just finished streaming the, um it's a tv show on netflix it's called all of us are dead it's a zombie tv show have you seen it or heard of it you have to hear of it i've heard of it i haven't seen it but is it it's good? pretty good yeah? it's good yeah it's not it's a little funny it, it reminds me like the movie The Train of Busan. I think yep. it's the same director who directed yep. The Train of Busan. Did you see they, The Train of they, Busan? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I saw, I saw that. Let me I tell saw, you something. It's insane. I saw that in it's theaters when it insane. came out here, and uh, that's a fun movie to watch. <laughs> that's a really it's cool. cool. Um, the 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 one all of us are dead is just a TV show based on teenagers in high school. Right. That you know suddenly takes place where a zombie apocalypse breaks out. You know what? Kudos, kudos to Netflix for investing in korean and japanese yeah. talent Hell yeah that is you know like i don't know if That's you remember awesome. d but I, I i went through a strong phase where i was watching a lot of like japanese and korean horror movies and action films do you like Let the host you know right i love the host yeah that movie was awesome when that you, came in the do you remember when that came out and i was looking for a theater around because it's a foreign movie so I, they, I it wasn't playing that. everywhere I remember we were you were looking for a theater that was playing that movie, and the only one that was playing is some theater that was in Burlington, Mass. Exactly. That was, that was, yeah. was like across the street from the Burlington Mall. Yeah. It was a small we one. Theater. I remember we saw it. Me, it was just basically me and you in the theater in mm -hmm. a group of, um, I think Koreans 
um, just a small group of, of Korean friends just, just, you know, went to see the movie as well. We I like, think that was, uh, that must have been 2010. So must have been... so you must I remember have been... it though. I remember, I remember, I remember everything. How old were you in 2010? Time. If I was 18, 18, 20, I was probably like 22, 23 years old and you were, you were probably you 13, have to be, 14. You know, 23. I, I think I was yeah. 13. Or... And so... I, I literally just said you're gonna like this movie, Devin. We just have to find out where where it's playing, right? Because I, I, I said it, I wouldn't. <laughs> um, I think I said I wouldn't. But the thing is, the thing is, uh, Korean and Japanese cinema and TV is so fucking awesome. And now you have Netflix. Netflix, you know, it might look like it's a hard competition against you know like uh, like Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus, uh, right. but on a global level. Netflix has a massive audience and Netflix now has series and TV that go from all over the, the planet. And so for them to bring in things like Squid Game and All of Us Are Dead and a bunch of other, you know, uh, Korean and Japanese, seen that one yet. Right. they bring it into Netflix and they and they expose it to a global audience. They are fucking rocking it on the global front. I don't know what to think of their their like American uh, productions, but it seems like the things that I enjoy most from Netflix are typically things from other countries, you know. So, anyway, so there's that, and then there's the book of Boba Fett. I honestly haven't been watching a lot of online TV um, or streaming, uh, but I did watch the book of Boba Fett. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's. How do you want to do this? Do you want to do you want to do your review first, and then I'll do my review? Let's do your review. Okay. Because uh, I have some thoughts. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, you already what. already know what my review is going to be. So, it's basically going to be like an A+. <laughs> you're gonna, okay, good. All right. So you're giving it an A+. I'm going to yeah. give it a C+. Okay. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm giving it a C+, within context of the Mandalorian seasons, right? Season one, season two. I really did like season two of the mandalorian the most it just gave you the, the best payoff at the end because he spends the whole season looking for the jedi and he finds you know the um he finds a people couple of clues he finds people on the way and then at the end yeah. he finds luke right or luke finds him and then you get to see that mm -hmm. so i really did like season two season one was an amazing uh season because it reintroduced the entire universe to you it sort of picks up where, where left uh, off, Return of the Jedi left leaves the off. The sequels, right. So it picks up where, where the original trilogy leaves off and then reintroduces you to everything. And it does it in a really um, kind of aesthetically aesthetically accurate way. You know, it's, it's using as much... It's, it's still usually using uh, digital effects all over the place, but it's using some really great old techniques that have it let it have the same texture as the original movies compared to you know the last skywalker trilogy and and the and the prequels themselves right so compared to those two seasons book of boba fett was pretty boring for me it really did you know i liked and you know i'm a 36 year old man i liked the story of the mafia kind of like the um it had like a sort of godfather thing to it where you know did you ever watch The Godfather? Did I ever watch The Godfather with you? I don't think so, but I did see clips in school for film so, class. So, you know, The Godfather, it's about 
the um, young Michael Corleone who sort of takes up after his father and has to has to sort of reclaim his authority uh, amongst the families uh, and amongst the territories, right? And so, in some in like a weird way, it was like um, Boba Fett was reclaiming uh, the territory that he wanted to take after um, after Jabba the Hutt. Right. And he has to sort of make treaties with the families and he's trying to keep things together. He's also trying to assert his authority on, on his uh, territory without being the same as, well, uh, what's his face, um, Jabba the Hutt, without being the same as that, without being cruel. Without, he's trying to actually do better. He's right? to be a, yeah, he's trying to be a good person. Like, yeah. Um, so, so I like that. But it's seven episodes. It's really, it's really long. And even like the episode where they have... Uh, Luke, Luke, there uh, training, training uh, Grogu. Mm-hmm. It's pretty boring, you know. Like, oh my God, I hate you. I, I, I thought it, like the <laughs> okay. whole thing about like, Cut. and, and, and uh, what's what's his face? Uh, what's his I face? Uh, the Mandalorian. He 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 arrives and they tell him to sit on the bench. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and uh, right. So, I mean, it's not that it's not interesting, but I thought it was boring. And it's a long episode. These episodes are a good 45 minutes to an hour without commercials. So they're basically, each episode is basically a movie. And That's what it, I love. <laughs> absolutely. And it's great. I just thought, you know, there's, there's more meat on the bone here. Why are we being so, why is it dragging so slow, right? And I kept thinking, okay, it's going to drag Let slow drag. because the last two episodes are probably going to be pretty impactful. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that's going to happen. But not that much happened. There was a, there was a, you know, sort of like the, uh, I forget what they're called, but the the ones that they're that they're fighting against or invading, and uh, and they have to protect their territory. What does this remind you of? This is Ukraine. This is uh, you know, uh, Boba Fett is is the is that's his Ukraine little country, and you have this massive army that's encroaching on them, and they've made deals with all these families to betray them, right? All these, I didn't uh, see it that way so you put it in, and, in, the, in that context. And they're skirmishing against them, and you know, they're uh, Boba Fett and, and the Mandalorian are waiting for, are hoping for the for the backup to come. And so you're thinking there's going to be this massive battle, this massive confrontation. The 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 backup comes, and it's like a it's like a Cadillac floating with a couple of people right? it's not even like an right. army it's just like 10 people right i mean am i wrong here am i reading, am I reading this wrong was it's this not Star the most Wars, okay <laughs> was this not the most anticlimactic season finale and no, i think it was the best season finale and then he like I he you know they they're fighting against those robots with their shields so then uh boba fett goes and grabs the big monster and rides him like a horse and i'm like we we couldn't think of that before like you, this is as if I'm. Uh, you got your head way too in. Like, come You're on, like, come on, Boba Fett. Like, you didn't think maybe I, I don't have any reinforcements. I have a small ass army, and I'm not sure if anyone's gonna come and help us. Why don't I get the big ass monster that I have in my castle, <laughs> and uh, and you know, bring him to help? Like, I'm just. He was anyway. too busy fighting. He was getting his butt kicked. <laughs> he couldn't and- think. And then Grogu shows up at the end, right? And you're like, okay, so Grogu showing up at the end, which means either uh, the J- two Jedi's are going to come behind them and kind of help save the day, which is going to be awesome, right? If Luke had shown up, or the other one—I forget the other one's name—but the one with the with the with the long green uh, tail feather, uh, tail feather or, or hair—I don't know what it's called. Do you, what's her name? Uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. Ahsoka. Okay. So you can tell. Uh, I'm not 100% in this universe. 
Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano, okay. So I was really hoping to see her at the end. Because she is like, and in, in she's played by Rosario Dawson. She's one of my favorite actresses. So I'm like all in on her series. I know that they're developing stuff with her in mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm all in on that. Absolutely. And I'm like, she's going to show up because, you know, her and uh-huh. Luke have that conflict where Luke is like, you, if you're going if you, to, if you, Luke is like, if you're going to be a Jedi, you can't go help your friend, right? Ahsoka Tana would help her friend. So she was sort of like a rebel the way, um, the way uh, Luke's father was, right? Right. So I was really hoping to see her come in. So, I mean, there's a couple of interesting things, but overall, I thought it was a pretty anticlimactic season. C plus is the best I can give it. Well, you're not a Star Wars fan, like because I am, it, so that's why. <laughs> because uh, because it did it did pick up. It did tell you we did get to see what happens after Bel- uh, after Boba Fett gets eaten from Return of the Jedi. You I know, did, did like that. Okay, so just really quick. You know, the next time I'm done. Star- I'm done. You go. You go. You tell me what did you think? Where where, where am I wrong? Right. <laughs> where. Or my uh... um, no, I mean I'm not gonna say you're wrong. You're wrong on <laughs> saying this. You're wrong. That's your opinion. Your opinion is your opinion. That's you. I'm not gonna go against it. I want to speak on my opinion. Now I think it was awesome. I I believe it was awesome. It was incredible. Watching those episodes, the first one got me like, oh my god, I don't want to wait for like another <laughs> um, for next Wednesday for a new episode to come out. I need to know what's going on. It was awesome. First beginning scene, we see Bobo Fett coming back. The same scene where he got dumped in the hole. I'm, I'm not going to go too into detail if you haven't seen it yet. But it does show back some resemblance and backlash, you know, from the original from the original trilogy. And moving on with that, you know, seeing the same actor playing Boba, playing Boba Fett, who played Jango Fett in the Star Wars movies mm-hmm. um, and Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. it's cool to see him back as, you know, as the same actor. I thought they were going to... I thought they were going to, like, bring someone that looks like him and do a CGI like they did for Luke. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But they brought Foley him back. He, you know, When I saw the actor, the, the actor looks, you know, pretty good in shape. He, he looks pretty hyped on it. You know, theories. Um, same, and, um, and, like, the fighting scenes were awesome. I loved it a lot. The scenes, you know, going back to the scene when Grogu's with Luke doing you know doing the training process with ahsoka along with thing that you were speaking of um it was cool to see that you know, the, you know that, those small moments uh, i love that i mean I, I hope they make i think they're gonna make a season two they have to well they are i mean honestly that the, the movie that not the movie that series has been massively successful and let's talk yeah. a little bit about the creators right you have john favreau and you have dave filoni and dave filoni do you know who these guys are no Okay, so you call yourself a Star Wars fan, but you don't know who these guys are. I, I guess, am much more of a film geek. I'm not so much into Star Wars, but I know who these guys are because Dave Filoni is one of the main producers that brought to life the Attack of the Clone series. And he's credited for really building out that universe. So everything that happened during the, the Clone Wars and um, developing all those characters and sort of tying the gaps that, that uh, Lucas had, had created between these stories, right? He's he's really given a lot of credit for keeping keeping true to those stories, and and John Favreau is uh, you know he 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 kind of built his name with Iron Man, and then uh, he became one of the main creative forces when Disney Plus was taken over uh, the the Star Wars universe, and um, the Mandalorian is basically his show, right? 
Right. It was um, uh, Mandalorian was streamed at the beginning when Disney Plus was released. Yes, but it's it's John Favreau who was one of the main creative minds behind it. And if you look at how the the the, the art direction and how the um, the show is produced, you can also see, you know, I think um, Robert Rodriguez has has uh, directed a couple of episodes. There are a bunch of like really good old school. Who's another director who who directed an episode of of uh, Mandalorian? There's a bunch of them, man. But you see that he's attracting a lot of talent. John Favreau and his his creative direction and the way that he he has. He stays true to these characters to a fine grain that he attracts a lot of talent. So it doesn't surprise me that he would be he would be interested in getting the original actor from the prequel series, from the prequel uh, trilogy, to to play Boba Fett. And it doesn't surprise me that he would be taking a lot of a lot of like the old um, or the original kind of aesthetics from Star Wars to bring to life. That's really a lot of the reason why that series is so successful is because it feels so true to that to that universe right so i give them a lot of credit and i love everything that they're doing but what i'm also cognizant of is that what's that you're still giving them a c huh (laughs) no i'm still giving it a c i'm still giving it a c and i'll tell you why because even though he's being true to the universe he's he's really creating this for people like us for like the 20 somethings the 30 somethings and the 40 somethings that grew up watching star wars and i'm like well if i show this to my five-year-old boy he's not gonna care i tried to i tried to show him one of the episodes with grogu at least he you know something cute he's too young he's too young but star wars is for kids and that's the point i'm trying to make it's like when when the original trilogy and even when the prequel trilogy came out lucas was very vocal about you know this is a series for kids and it's an allegory for the way the world works with governments and religions and all this jazz. But it's a it's made for kids, and that's not the tr- that's not real anymore. That's not actually how it's being produced. It's it's not really for kids anymore. And you're you're the demographic that's going to be watching that series. I almost feel like Star Wars has lost its way for the audience it's supposed to attract. And the reason why I say that is I remember when Episode One came out. And I think it was like 99. Um, so you were really young. But I was, what, 13, 12, something like that. I remember I went to watch it with my friends. And we fucking loved it. We absolutely loved episode one. Later on, you start to hear the criticisms about Jar Jar Banks and the story and, you know, the, the writing, the metachlorians, all the stuff oh, that yeah. people complain about. But as a kid, I didn't care about that. I loved the universe that had been reintroduced to my generation. The people that were really complaining were the adults who had grown up watching it in the 70s and 80s, right? And again, it's a kid's movie. It's not really supposed to be for the, the 30-something-year-old adult who feels like he's like his story has been you know, mis, uh, miswritten or something. So yeah. I really do hope that... Disney, or at least uh, Star Wars, starts creating films for kids again. You know, the Attack of the Clones, even the Attack of the Clones series, it feels too adult for most kids. I love how they dive into the strategy and how how uh, it sort of explains what the Clone War was about and, you know, helping different communities, helping different planets. But it's almost like it's written for adults 
uh, not so much for for kids. I think it should stay for adults, in my opinion. Like <laughs> uh, like for like ages like you know around the teenage, like thirteen if they're interested, you know. You know, I mean that, that that's why young didn't kids like... like like Benny's age. I mean. That's why I didn't like the uh, the last trilogy, right? Because it just felt like it was it was exactly it was like the the last trilogy felt like the one that was produced by J.J. Abrams. I felt like that one was made for the Degrassi crowd, right? And yeah. uh, and I really I really hoped it would be something that you could share with your kids. It just didn't feel that way. There was too much nostalgia wrapped around it, and too much backstory, and and and, and too much drama. It really did feel like it was uh, well. Let me tell you this: What at which what kids movie or kids TV show did you show to Benny at at the at the time when it was right when he got into cartoons? Does he watch cartoons or does he like watch TV at all now? Uh, he he does like watch cartoons, um, and he watches um, so like the last movie that we watched that he really likes was uh, Sing Two. He likes all the Pixar stuff, Toy okay. Story, that kind of thing. So he's getting into stories, and recently, actually. Recently, we were watching Spider-Man. We were watching some uh, one of the old Spider-Mans. We were watching uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man Two. He got really into oh, it. Really? And then we watched uh, really? Spider-Man Into. No, not Into. Um, is it Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Yeah. On that one. And he loved it. And so he's starting to get to that age. He's five now. He's starting to get to that age where he's he's looking at superheroes. There's two things happening. He likes puzzles, so he's like his brain right. is working to figure things out. And he likes, he's starting to like superheroes and action and, you know, that well, kind of thing. I was going to say, maybe who knows, maybe when he's eight or seven, he might like Star Wars. He might like something else. Well, yeah, I think, I think he definitely will, but I don't think he's going to like the Mandalorian. I think it's too, uh, it's too mature. And um, if I were to, if I were to start with anything with him, I'd probably start with, with either episode one or episode four. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's weird because when I, I was a kid, one. I, when I was a kid, I had seen the, the original trilogy on TV and the, the year before, excuse me, the year before the um, episode one came out, they re-released the original trilogy in theaters as special editions with new scenes and special, uh, you know, enhanced uh, visuals and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. um, so. So I actually got to have that experience where we went to see the original Star Wars movies in theaters. It would be great to have that with 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 uh, Benny, you know, like if they if they re-release them in theaters for a special, I don't know, Criterion Collection, twenty year anniversary, thirty year anniversary, whatever it is, uh, I would I would take them to see any one of those old Star Wars movies, including the prequel trilogy. Well, did you do you? you I remember going. You know, in theaters watching, I think Star Wars: Attack of the Clones and Revenge mm -hmm. of the Sith. We went to IMAX I know, for those. I yeah, remember. Yep. I didn't. I know. I, didn't, I never got a chance to see the Phantom Menace, the first one in theaters, but I did get to see it on TV. Yeah, I know we had a DVD. I still have the DVD. I remember seeing the first one, the second one, the time before the um around the time after watching the second one. I'm not sure if I was with you or if maybe if I was from someone else. I think it was with you because we were watching some old Star Wars movies. Like I believe they were the the prequels or the mm -hmm. ones that were back in the uh, late 70s or is it like the 80s? The, yeah, the they, very original ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original. Yeah. Um, that kind of draw that kind of confused uh, my brain as a kid because I was like, okay, I just watched episode two, Attack of the Clones. 
about why is this Star Wars titled as Star Wars A New Hope? Why are the um, clone troopers have different gear? Why mm-hmm. is there um, a guy with a red lightsaber with the black mask that we haven't even seen in the other ones yet? What's mm-hmm. the whole story? Mm-hmm. So like as a kid, I, it kind of felt like I, like I jumped, you know, like, you know, just timelines to the present to what's going on. And I didn't know what what these other Star Wars movies were about. I didn't know at the time it was supposed to tag in with the pre- with the sequels, prequels going on, you know? Mm-hmm. That was the time when episode three wasn't released, but it was in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, once episode three got released, once I got to see Darth Vader, mm-hmm. the characters, you know, that character that we see in, you know, in, the, in the old ones, then in drama, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, this is how it's tied in. And did you did you enjoy that or was that did that just bother you that you had it to bothered work? me it bothered me and I was just like you know what I was I I, I knew at the time you know I'm I, I know I'm gonna understand it once once everything falls into place in the right order you know and it did it, no um and, and then it, and then it did um there there so. are a lot of old interviews where George Lucas talks about this he talks mm-hmm. about not giving people all the answers right away giving you just enough to get interested and learn and so every so then in the old days when the old trilogy was coming out you're right people were so confused by the first one but it was so new and there were so many different new things like no one knew what a wookie was like those that language didn't exist right death star that language didn't exist so so it was it was so new that he gave you just enough that you understood what was happening. We're saving mm-hmm. this princess who's being trapped and and by this person, and then you know they gotta they gotta destroy the big battleship. I late in Just the years, enough. yeah, right. In the years, you know, I've been kind of once I think the Force Awakens was released, I did go back, um, like rewatch the pre rewatch the originals, mm-hmm. the whole series in order, you know, just to catch mm-hmm. up the story. Um, when I was in the middle of watching Attack of the Clones, there was a scene where Count Dooku was like had a little little holographic thing design of a Death Star. That yeah. was an Easter egg to me because I did not know that the Death Star was talked or mentioned at all in you know in in the uh, is it sequels? Yeah, sequels, right? The um, you're talking about the prequels. A prequels, one, yeah. Two, Attack of the Clones. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. In the um, Attack of the Clones, and I was like, yeah. oh wow, okay, that was an Easter egg. It's it's interesting because all those pieces. That's what makes it fun. Is you you see the new one and then you catch those those little hints where it lets yeah. you know this is and what came why, before. And that's why I enjoy watching the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett because there's Easter eggs that they you know bring back that you absolutely, see. Absolutely, absolutely, it's awesome. But you know, it's like uh, in the in that's the old days. Imagine watching the original Star Wars: A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even called the New Hope because he didn't know he was gonna be able to make the other the other one. So it was just called Star Wars when it came out. Right. They added a New Hope afterwards when it was a massive hit, and so they they added the whole Episode Four thing. And so imagine watching it then and having absolutely no idea. And there's no Easter eggs. You don't you can't watch the first one and find a lot of Easter eggs. Right. So you know it's it really tells you how filmmaking has changed over the last fifty years because. You could make movies like that and, you know, just bring the audience in on, on the ride and then tell them as much as you want. And then if you can tell them more with another film, you can. And it really is. George Lucas is one of the original filmmakers, one of those original creative minds that created a cinematic universe. You know, now now we now it's a common thing with Marvel, but and it's and that's a concept that comes out of comic books. 
but he, this idea of being able to create episode four and then have five and then six and then you know you're so successful that you can come back and do episode one two and three and then you know what i mean like that idea and then having the tv shows it, he really did create this universe that didn't exist before star wars and um you know i think that nowadays someone like you you're very used to going to see a movie for the first time and knowing it's either connected to this other movie that you already like or knowing that it's supposed to be the beginning of a franchise like when they did harry potter they did harry potter one everyone fucking knew there's like 10 of those books so we expect to see more harry potter movies so you know you went in there with this expectation of i don't need to know everything right now because they're gonna it's in the books they're gonna they're gonna reveal it later or or they the ones that fail make this awful mistake where they try to there's like exposition all over the place they try to explain everything to the audience and they don't trust that the audience is going to understand uh if you just give them enough clues to connect the dots and i think part of that is because the new audience right is millennials short attention spans you guys want to know everything right away you get frustrated if you don't get the answer it's like if you do a google exactly. search and you can't find the answer that you're looking for it becomes frustrating but that's not the way that's not the way you read a book when you read a book you don't read the last page first so that you know everything that's going to happen you read it from the beginning and you just go on for the ride and movies and tv are supposed to be the same way so i do think that star wars is struggling with how to tell its stories i do think that they're generally leaning towards an older audience and it makes me a little sad because these are properties that i definitely want to share with my son i definitely will share it with my son when he you know starts to get into that kind of stuff you gotta show him the uh the clone wars series at least yeah, we kids. will. That's for kids. Yeah, uh, the, the movie, the Clone Wars, the um, the, the the Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie is also for kids too. That's a good start because after that movie came out, they released the series. Yeah, yeah, uh, we, we definitely. Will. I still think those are pretty dense for kids. You know, like they don't really, because basically the backdrop is that they're at war, and there's a lot of like political strategy talk in and why they do things. So, anyway, yeah, you can hear them humming in the background. I think. Um, oh no! So so yeah, that that's sort of where I lay, and then going circling back to uh, to to the Boba Fett, you know, it is good C plus, considering you know, within context compared to the Mandalorian seasons one and two, I do I don't think it was as good. Where's the uh, stop recording button? <laughs> so, so let's agree to disagree, and let's talk about the band to dig out today, the Barefoot Truth. So let's listen to this uh, to this tune. Today. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, All right. So this is uh, a track from the Barefoot Truth called Damage Done. Here we go. Hitting play. Oh yeah, 
walked on and dug our own graves. The clouds loom in the distance, but here come the rain. Oh, would you keep the factories running and you'd run them right through the bone? Oh, and as the toll keep rising, sweep the dirt beneath your throne. There ain't nothing gonna save us now.
sounded sick. All right, all right. Yeah, that's a good tune, right? Damage done. Yeah, yeah. It sounded pretty dope. I think it's from 2010. Yes, 2010. Uh, 2010. So, so if you're looking, audience can see this, but you can see from 2005, 11, 2010, 6, 2007, 2014, this band has been around for, for a while, and they've released a lot of stuff. And they have some really great regional success in the Northeast, like Massachusetts, I think some Maine and New Hampshire and stuff like that. I, I came across them when I was playing a gig with Jet Matera in Boston. Uh, I want to say 2000, I don't know, 2009 or something. And um, this is one of those bands where they, when they play, you feel so jealous that they're so good at what they do. And you can tell they've been together for so long that there's just a, they're just so good at what they do. And their music is very uh, acoustic, you know, acoustic rock has a little bit of a Southern twang to it. It's, it's all really good stuff. And so Damage so, Done is, a, is from a record called Threads that came out in 2010. Uh, and they're a purely independent band. And they're still, you know, they're not as active as they used to be, but, but I can see there's some activity going on uh, this year for them. So if you are in the Massachusetts area, you can probably check them out. Yeah, it was really frustrating meeting these these guys because they're they're super talented, and I just remember, I you know what the weird thing is like, I don't listen to their music regularly. It's not like they're they're a band that's on my radar all the time, like other um, like other groups that I've I've known. But I I remember them like this was ten years ago, and I met them for a show, and I barefoot truth. I remember being impressed by how together they had their image their logo their marketing like everything everything fit for them and and they just made an impression on me that was really positive so so wrapping up the show i am going to play another another track called hesitation going back just wrapping up the whole topic of star wars the you're a big fan i know you i know you're looking forward to the kenobi series oh yeah that's supposed to come out that's supposed to come out march 24th i had there was an easter egg they released they released it the same day march 24th on one of the dates they released one of their movies i think i'm not sure which movie it was or something it's it tagged i don't know march 24th was tagged into something else uh not may the 4th it's something like another movie release day or something but that's eh, whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the series for the Kenobi. Um, I think it's, I hope it kicks ass. I hope it's not a disappointed, um, you know, series. I think it's a pretty sure bet that it's going to kick ass. I think, I think it's, it's going to be. Sure I think yeah, I'm sure. And, I think it's going to kick off good. And you know what's funny is it's uh it's I'm super excited for it because of you and McGregor, and because that that series is born out of my my experience, my generation of of Star Wars, which is the prequel prequel trilogy you know you and mcgregor was is my obi-wan kenobi i still uh, I bet you're still gonna see you think you think i'm gonna give it a see we'll see we will we'll see, see won't we good sir <laughs> you know it's because the thing is you mcgregor isn't a tv star either he's not gonna sign on to a tv show for seasons and seasons this is probably gonna be a one-off season this is something um, he had to keep a secret for a decades he was he wasn't allowed to speak anything rumors of the making of this because, and he wanted to. And I think part a, of part of it's also like he had to get to a certain age, right? A certain amount of time had to pass because mm-hmm. 
you know, he's going to be playing Kenobi after episode, after episode three, but before episode four. So right. there's like a, if you look at, you know, where Kenobi leaves off in episode three and then where you see him pick up again in episode four, there's, mm-hmm. I, I got to say, what is it like 30 years at least of yeah. time of things, adventures happening. That's and then, similar. and then the, the other thing people point out a lot is when you watch and you hope, you know, there's that whole thing about how, how Kenobi gets reintroduced to the droids. He doesn't exactly. recognize them as his droids, you know? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're going to explain that in some way. Like he gets some sort of partial amnesia or something happens where he just, he forgets part of what what's what he's been through. Or wipes his memory or something. He's sort of like, he doesn't, yeah, you know, it's like in, in, the, in the original New Hope, he, you can tell that he knows who Luke is, Skywalker, and he gives him the lightsaber, but he doesn't mm-hmm. recognize the droids. And he doesn't seem to be, Alec Guinness is the original actor. He doesn't seem to be hiding or, you know, withholding information from, from Luke willingly, other than the fact that Darth Vader is his father, right? So I wonder if they're going to do something to explain why he, cha- he chooses that lie. I always found that really interesting because, again, the way that the story was originally told with A New Hope, they didn't know they were going to be able to make all these other movies. So in that original story, Darth Vader was just a bad guy. There's no need to lay Easter eggs for his father, right? Right. It's already out there. In that story, his father was a Jedi and Darth Vader is the bad guy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until Empire Strikes Back that they started to sort of uh, reconstruct that backstory. And so now that they're doing the Kenobi series, they also have an opportunity to sort of retcon a lot of those choices that were made for a new hope. So I'm interested in seeing that. I'm interested in seeing how they're able to, or if they even address it. Because at the end of the day, if they don't address it, who gives a fuck to? As long as it's a fun series, as long I'm as still, it's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm still going to watch it, Mo. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah exactly. Okay. I'm still going to watch it, and I, and I hope it's good, and I hope it's fun. Um, let's uh, let's close out the, 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 the show. Uh, I do want to Make sure we listen to this tune because I like it a lot. It's called Hesitation by the Barefoot Truth. D, anything you want to say before we close out? No, that's pretty much it. I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) No hesitation. (laughs) No hesitation on Devin's part. So thank you for listening. I hope you're out there. I hope you're healthy. This is going to be Hesitation by the Barefoot Truth. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. Peace. See you guys. Bye-bye. There goes another year I'm getting old but sticking to the plan Cause who's to say that we won't all be gone Come tomorrow I gotta leave a piece behind I'm not about to just disappear Come on, let's shape this ground With the sound of our choices Is anyone listening? If you know what you want, you gotta follow it through
let's just burn it up straight to your head like you can't be touched well you're the greatest thing today come tomorrow you're forgotten so don't just take it make your way when you might make a difference come on let's shake this ground with resound and conviction Does anyone listen